Thank you for tuning in to Ghetto and Godly, the podcast. I'm Auntie Mimi. I'm Sola T. And now let's get into this episode. Ooh, we it's been a while. It's been so long. I don't long. even think people remember us. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even know. They like ghetto and godly. Who y'all? What's Who you? that? Y'all done got some more people? Cause y'all ain't had no episode. I think it's just like a, a reflection of life, you know, when you can be I think Mimi and I are both on a journey to figure out ways to allow this process to journey with us when we go through things. And I think that that's a little uh difficult in terms of kind of what we're used to. I think we're used to being able to um, you know, something happened and being able to kind of withdraw. And so I think that's a challenge for us the rest of this year is to really kind of reveal to you guys what's going on. And so today is really going to get into that episode. We're just going to have yes. a venting episode and we're going to call it Nice for What? Nice for What? Because I know y'all been banging that song. I done seen your, your captions Don't on Instagram. Don't say y'all because oh, we've been banging Oh, we, it. we. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying y'all because I'm familiar. I don't know if y'all were. The so first day it the dropped. The first day it dropped. <laughs> The whole, we was uh, in Oakland celebrating my birthday. Yes. And it was just, it set the tone for the weekend. But I really think it's just setting the tone for whatever universal shift is taking place and kind of dismantling things. Yes. Um, so I think it's a good question to ask nice for what? Because I feel like a lot of ways, I know I'm from Minnesota. So Minnesota nice, for those who don't know, is pretty much the passive aggressive tendencies that people have. Um, in the culture of the Midwestern state mm. of Minnesota. And um, I just actually went there last week and... Yeah, I'm so. You. I know I'm so glad that I <laughs> I broke out of that culture because going back it just reminds me of how I'm still on the journey to live authentic authentically you know as possible but realizing like how much used to bother me just because I couldn't address it head on mm. and I think how much used to bother me because I I had to be nice about things and mm. I had to say things a certain way that made other people comfortable um, and I think you know moving to Las Vegas was a big shift for me in that. And so it's been, it's, it's, it's a good measurement to go back home and mm-hmm. kind of deal with things and see people kind of feel a certain type of way and really not take, uh, be empowered to lead their lives. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, just kind of from a ghetto and godly perspective, that was probably my ghetto and godly moment of the week was going home to Minnesota for work, for a work trip and got to really spend some time with family and friends as well. Um, but it was, it was just really, it was really interesting. It was really interesting. So I'm sure more of that interestingness will be unveiled through the episode. But. I don't know if I have a ghetto and godly moment. I just feel like I'm in ghetto and godly moments. Like, I feel like it's like, a lifestyle. It is. And it's like, okay, this is really this ghetto and godly shit. Just coming in, it's playing out in my life. Like, this is, I'm living a ghetto and godly life. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think it's it's interesting to embrace it, right? Because we're going through these things that, are hard for us, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there's things where there's a lack of resource or there's a lack of knowledge, um, and there's that make make shifting and make and it making it work. Understanding and trying to understand. Yeah, like we're we're trying. Yeah, we're trying to attempt to learn in a process and grow in a process where we actually don't know if what we're doing is, is right. right. Like, is the right mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. So and what is right? Like, is there a right? <laughs> and I think about that sometimes, yeah. like. Okay, this happened like this. Here are my choices, yada, yada, yada. But then it's like at the same time, the way I'm viewing this, like, is this is this the in the fullness of life? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, and I don't even think I want to use should or right, but is it in the fullness? Is it taking into the human experience of that we're flawed and that mm-hmm. we're brilliant at the same time? Mm-hmm. And that's the whole idea of balancing ghetto and godly, two things that they, they tell you cannot coexist together. And one, they're both kind of shamed in different spaces. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just really, and really. share the same space. Right? And share the same space. Yeah. Like, I feel like now when things happen, I'm like, that's ghetto and godly. Yes. Like, I don't, I really be like, that's ghetto or that's godly. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's both. Ghetto. Yeah. Because now I see things as a continuum and a journey. And, like, thinking about what, how does ghetto and godliness interact with niceness? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do I have to be, do I have to, do I have to adjust how I'm saying things to you? Because I feel like that's one thing that really has been, I guess I'll kick off the venting, is being a black woman, a millennial in a corporate setting, in corporate environment. Hmm. That is, it's hard for me to navigate. And I, you know, I never expected myself to be working in corporate, but there's a part of it that I enjoy because I'm so, I am a measured person. I'd like to say, okay, there's the goal. Now let me figure out how I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to do that in my career thus far, but there's also a portion of me that is very silenced and that is very, I think I have to overthink Mm -hmm. things at times. Mm -hmm. Like we were at a happy hour and you know, people get at them work happy hours. They get to acting up a little turn and then you out here trying to get back to the hotel and 
and you saying stuff and you telling your business. But it's crazy because when I'm I'm here and I'm intermingling, mind you, I'm one of the team is probably like sixty people, fifty to sixty people, and um, there were I think three black people total mm. at that event, and it was very interesting because um, it was just it was just such an interesting experience because I've never felt free in those spaces. Mm. So as much as I feel like I can work to to become the best that I can be. I also know that I have to be aware of so many things to do that. And I have to make decisions for myself. Am I going to be nice? Yeah. Am I going to massage this relationship in a way that may not have been called of me if I weren't black yeah. and if I weren't a woman yeah. and if I weren't a black woman? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just really, it's really frustrating that in those moments, not that I'm, I'm wanting to get shit faced and you know what I mean? Mm. But it made me think about like how I'm so aware of myself in this situation that I don't, to be, and I don't want to be judged even more hard. And, and you know, I have to, I, and I've asked myself recently, like, is that true? And I, I, I feel it, I believe that is true based off of how people interact with me and how mm-hmm. I view the world. But it's it's still very, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I got to be so nice? Yeah. Why do I have to say things a certain way for you to feel comfortable right. to, to talk to me when you have an issue? Why mm-hmm. do I have to set that platform and lay that comfort down? I feel like I not only have to do that, I have to do that. I feel like I'm asked to do that in my romantic life a lot mm-hmm. in terms of dating and me having a bold personality. Like, do I have to you know, become so vulnerable? Do I have to like, you know, when I'm out, think about smiling, you know, just, Mm. just things that I feel like there's messages that says like, well, you're, you're closed. Mm. So, and maybe I am, you know, and I think those are the things that are hard to think about because I think I've been conditioned as a black woman living in the United States to, to be closed. And so now I'm on this journey to find that balance of, you know, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't working. But at the same time, feeling like that's so a part of I my think identity. Society teaches us to be closed, but we have to take it upon ourselves to to say, you know what, I'm not gonna be so closed, or I'm not gonna be closed in this setting. Yeah, to find those different measurements, I think is is important. Yeah. What you been about? Oh my gosh. Um. Well, I have a lot to vent about. First off. Personally, I've been going through a lot within my marriage. Okay, um, okay. I'm proud of you for just saying it. <laughs> I think that's a big step. It is. So I've been going through a lot in that space and just kind of getting to a point to where, you know, just trying to get back to each other. I feel like in a relationship, if you've been together for so long, is we have been married for what eight years been together for 10 so it's it's very hard in our day-to-day lives to to continue to put your spouse or your other first with so many outside elements right. work and do you feel like they're supposed to be put put first in like all those situations I, I think like that's a, a a thing too like that is a thing i feel like what does prioritization it, look it, like in it, a marriage? it does shift it, it's definitely a shift but it's how long is that shit gonna last? Like, mm. at some point, you gotta be like, okay, let me get back to this, and let me get back to you, and, you know, mm. put this second. Like, I understand, you know, you've been patient, you've been waiting over here, you know, you've right. been, you haven't been demanding so much of me because, you know, this part of me is demanding so much of me, so let mm. me put you first. It's a balance as well, and sometimes you forget. I feel like we kind of got lost in everything else. Right, right. That we forgot, like, how, oh, hey, like. What, what do you think helped you? figure out like from a net what is, um this? i feel like the the girls trip definitely worked i've never taken a girls trip i told you that and yeah like, y'all mimi took her first girl trip I she did. trusted she walked out <laughs> it just to think almost a year ago we yeah. was recording like i don't got no what friends, about your friends fuck these bitches and here she is in a group of us in a house Right. <laughs> in close proximity yes, for about three yes. to four days. I had a ball. I had a fucking ball. Thank you, cousin Britt, <laughs> for opening up your home again. But um, yeah, shout out to cousin. Shout out to cousin. Yes, cousin. Um, so that really helps. Then you know I did. Like, how did it help? I'm You know it, I'm. No, it, you know I'm always strategic, it, it, and you know I be. <laughs> you know I be setting up traps. So I just want to know from your perspective. It, it, um, we've been so connected in so many ways throughout these years. Like we've never really been separate. Mm. 
and I've never been able to say like, you know what, I'm about to take this girl's trip. And I've never done it. I've never said, well, you know, I'm going to take this girl's trip. So this was an opportunity for me to get away. And, you know, I've spoken to him and we were, we, I don't know, we were in a very, very weird space. And, um, you know, just allowed me to just experience some things without him mm. being there. Was that scary for you? It was scary. But what other, was, what other like emotions did you feel about like just thinking? Cause I know I felt hesitancy on your end, but <laughs> I didn't know exactly where it was coming from. And you know, we gonna, gonna get on Godly. We're not just going to talk on the surface. So I'm going to be nosy. Can we be nosy? You can be nosy a little bit. A little bit. Okay. You know, you still got to protect and preserve your marriage. So I understood, understood. <laughs> Um, so it, it was scary. It was, it was freeing. It felt free. It felt like, okay, well, could I be, could I live my life without him? Like I could, mm -hmm. you know, I could still have a good time and mm -hmm. not think about him every second and, you know, mm -hmm. not have to tend to what he needs. I'm thinking about me. Like, right, right. So yeah, it was an eye-opening experience but the, at the end of the day mm -hmm. i missed my man okay and okay I, I was waiting for, i was like what's she gonna bring it full circle because i and seen y'all when i when we came back i was like look at them look at them mm -mm -mm. i missed my husband and it, it allowed me to see what's out there like not necessarily like talking to other men or like just yeah what for the record wasn't none of that going on none of that going on but just seeing like you know what i really got a good thing and it's a lot of bullshit out here, not that I'm looking, but let me just, let me just tend to what I have here. Let me, let me figure this out. Cause it's figure outable. Right. So let me figure it out. So and I, I, yeah. You know, from the perspective I see it, like that's that whole nice for what, right? Because I feel like in marriage, a lot of times that we're not shown the part of marriage where people have dysfunction. That's why I really love that Blackish episode mm -hmm. that Tracy yes. Ellis Ross did because, like, at the end of that episode, we still figuring out like what's about to go down. And he was, he was, they were saying like we go through these every couple of years. We mm -hmm. go through these things. That's real. And it's like, do you have? What is this? There's a niceness about marriage mm -hmm. that I feel like we're 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 taught. And I think from my perspective as your friend, I wanted you to be able to step out of that niceness. Mm. Because, you know, my goal for you is for you to you to be able to nurse your union. But when you're when you're so focused on that in a way, you're not you're still playing that nice thing. Mm -hmm. You're still, well, I'm just going to stay here. You know, I'm, there's a trip I can go on, but I'm going to stay here because, you know, we're going through whatever. But there's that niceness that I think sometimes we have to deconstruct to say, mm -hmm. OK, let's let's not be nice right now. Yeah. Let's get down and let's flesh out what is going on. And let me experience these other things so that I can really figure out if this is true or if it's just nice. Mm. Is it just nice for us to stay together? Mm. Or is it that is that a part of our truth? Right. So yeah. I'm proud of you. You know, the whole time I was rooting, I was like, she's gonna be running from us. She's gonna be running, get off the plane, running. Talk about Lord and have me. I ain't never been drunk for days at a time. Like, I'm a little older than y'all. I need a second. <laughs> I'm gonna need a nap. I'm gonna need a rest. Right. Need to rest my eyes. But it was much needed. It was a good time. Yeah. And he also seen that. Okay, well, like my wife is is gone. Right. I don't have that luxury. I don't. I'm not. She's not worried about what I'm eating. Mm -hmm. Who's gonna do my laundry? Who's picking up after me? Them nice she's things, not right? Concerned Them... about me. She's not even calling me. Mm. She's. I hope she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. But mm. whatever that is, supposed yeah. to be doing. But. Hey, she's out there. So let me let her think. And I, I appreciate him for allowing me to like not yeah. being overbearing. Like, well, what Call you doing? You five minutes. What you doing? Who you with? Right, like, right. But he was watching on Instagram. Uh, I knew a girl. <laughs> I said, let me make sure all the Instagrams is popping, okay? Because <laughs> you know somebody out here looking. My page ain't private, okay? Right. I know. I'm gonna go tap, tap right through there, okay? Right. <laughs> Let you know. People don't have to play this. And I think, you know, I think marriage is something that's valuable. And it, it, it is it is what that whatever that couple makes it. So that value can be different. But I think a lot of the more I think about it, a lot of those nice things get in the way of like relationships. Yeah. Like I was thinking the other day, like how in my last relationship I would be nice. Mm -hmm. Or I would be what I would think would be nice and it didn't allow me to ever really fully revealed the fullness of who I am to him. Mm. And I think that's one thing. I don't think I, I don't live with regrets, but that's one thing that moving forward, 
um, you know, with the next opportunity I have to build partnership that that's important to me now is like mm-hmm. not doing things just to say like, oh, I don't want to be that nag. I don't, I want to be nice. I don't want to be the nagger. I don't mm-hmm. want to be this. And I think with somebody who can hold that space for you, it's not nagging. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're, I feel like there's so much about me becoming a woman in my journey and womanhood that I get these messages, both subtle and abrupt that I need to be nice. I need to make other people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I need to have tact. Mm-hmm. I need to, to you know, and, and I get very, it's hard for me to process sometimes because sometimes I'm like, okay, I see your point, but. Mm-hmm. So especially when I'm talking about like the dating world, like, okay, if I do these things, but mm-hmm. they still ain't bringing nothing to the table, then mm-hmm. what does that niceness matter? Right. What is it like? What is that extra smiling and that extra like positioning myself to make it look like I'm open when I was just right here? Why is me being here not enough? Right, right, right. Yeah. Especially when you looking. Right. I see you looking. Right. Like, so looking out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think those are those. Are, yeah, I'm. I'm so happy for y'all. Thank like you. that really. That really. Yeah, we're working on it. You know, yeah. counseling is is on the agenda okay. and just working through these issues and why we got to this place yeah. and try not to get here again yeah or if you do get there again having resources to be able to help right. navigate that because i think when you think about when you think about being in a relationship or constant communication or, or connection with somebody like there's going to be times where that's popping and there's going to be some times mm-hmm. where it's really not mm-hmm. and because like i always go back to the thought that we are always ever changing, changing. ever evolving yes. Yes. even if that you know consists of a a, a stagnant point at some or most of our lives, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> but when you think about that and how we get to different places at different times, and it, it's very, like, mm. it's fragile. Mm. Relationships are fragile. Yes, they are. And I think they, they require nurturing, but they also require accountability. Mm. And they require us to not choose, you know, being nice over doing the work mm. or having the difficult conversations Sessions, that we yeah. need to have because yeah. that just prolongs that niceness prolongs mm. a lot of bullshit mm. and and I think there's a way that you can be respectful mm-hmm. but I don't think the, the goal should to be nice no, I don't no. think the goal should be to no. be nice Mm-mm. I don't think that's ever on my agenda is to be nice I'm, I think I'm to be, be mindful, to be thoughtful, I think there's a way that you can say what you need to do, raise right, a respectful respect. way. Right, right, and right. that's considerate mm-hmm. of somebody's experience, but in, even validating somebody's experience as different from yours, but not feeling like, oh, I got to add this extra. So you mm-hmm. so you feel comfortable. So you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. No. And w- when the whole topic at discussion is uncomfortable. Right. And I think it's crazy how we push people to have uncomfortable conversations in a comfortable way. Yeah. Like, but it was already uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. What's next on your event list? Oh, okay, you guys. So, I call myself stepping out on faith and moving my little shop from a Henderson location to a more central location. So, that's basically for those who aren't in Vegas, the suburbs to (laughs) the central city. Right, the central city. Near the strip, more near the strip to possibly bring more clientele. I call myself doing the right thing, met with the owner. I'm not going to bash nobody too much but i'm gonna be real about the situation and nice for what nice for what exactly and going with a black owned new startup shop she did a very nice job with decorating um redoing the place so when we when i met with her i'm not gonna keep this brief we met when i met with her we hit it off talked about positive energy how we're gonna grow our businesses you know it was cool mind you she about 11 months pregnant <laughs> Why you done gave her over her due date? She real pregnant, okay. So I moved in. I wasn't there. I was only there for six days, you guys. Ooh, what happened? I know what happened, but tell right. the people what happened so from your perspective. I go over there, you know, pay my deposit, pay my money, start working, and um, I don't get a key initially. So that's me being not too nice. Me just thinking like, okay, she got a little trust issue. She had a little run-in with another nail tech. That's black people for you. We need to be, I guess, coming from this industry, I tend to see that black business owners are a little bit more protective or protective over their businesses versus white owners, I guess. Is it is the word protect? Cause is it protective or is it? micro managing mm, yeah okay a, a little bit more micromanaging um 
versus white business owners. So I didn't get a key off the top, but she assured me, hey, I'm not going to have any issue. Open up the doors for you. She understood that I can get a client, you know, an hour before they actually book their appointment. I need to open up the shop. I need to get in my room that I'm renting from you. I'm an independent contractor. I don't work for a shop. So no issue. Then it was the Saturday before Easter. Um, I'm going to throw you this You know, in. everybody trying to get their lashes did, makeup done. done. Everybody mm -hmm. trying to look right for Easter right. Sunday. <laughs> look ghetto and godly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so initially we had an agreement that it would be a 60-40 split. If there was ever a walk-in or someone already getting a service done in a chair mm -hmm. and they weren't initially my client, that's cool. Get your bread. I'm not greedy. So I had a walk-in. The walk-in paid with a credit card. So needless to say, I have to wait to get my portion, including my tip. Mm. So that happened. Sunday rolls around. Easter Sunday, I did not have a client initially booked. I had a client that morning, Easter Sunday, book on my booking site. She confirmed. I immediately called the owner and told her, hey, I need to get into the shop. She doesn't answer the phone. I send her a text. She tells me. I told you. Is that <laughs> how she is, said it? This is her tone. I, on the phone? I, I this is y'all on the phone? This is via text. She didn't answer okay. the phone for me. Okay, so we don't know for sure that this was her tone. This was her tone, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I told you the shop was going to be closed on Easter Sunday, but let me see if my brother can come let you in, blah, blah, blah. I said, please do. So she hits me back a few hours later. I have the client booked until about 2 o'clock that afternoon, 3 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So she hits me back, and she's like, I'm not going to be able to open up the shop. My brother can't get to you. You need to reschedule your client. I said, that's not going to work. We need to figure out a better solution or I need to move my things out of your salon ASAP. So she calls me immediately and tells me, before, this is her, mind you, she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. So you want to be bad or you want to be pregnant? Oh. You got to pick a side. Yeah, have been ghetto and gone. You know. <laughs> before I misinterpret this text, I just want to make sure I'm interpreting it correctly. Now, nothing I said to her was disrespectful or out of line. Mm -hmm. I'm protecting my business. My interest is how you're trying to protect yours. So, how you can interpret it however you choose to. So, she starts, she's heated at this point. Her blood pressure is raised. <laughs> um, she's telling me, like, I'm a shop owner. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I'm going to move my stuff out of your shop one Monday. That's cool. Left it at that. But I say all that to say... Um, I moved my things out the shop that Monday, but I just, it's just frustrating when you try to support black businesses and people give you their representative of them and you, they put on this facade, like you want to uplift each other and you want to do this and that, and mm. we're going to grow. And at the end of the day, it's still the fucking crab in a bucket mentality. And on top of that, she didn't give me my money from that client. Mm. Now... It's the principle. I don't care if it was $10. Right. You stole from me. You mm -hmm. took not only my, your portion, but my portion as well that I worked for and I used product for. Mm -hmm. So that's frustrating for me. I'm still working through this, as y'all can hear. <laughs> it's just frustrating yeah. because it's I, you stole from me. You're trying to build your business. You're trying to build your brand, and you're not going to have any good luck. You're going to have to answer to what you did to me. However, it's just... It's just yeah. I think, you know, when I, when I, I've had some, you know, interactions with a few black businesses and those who know me know that's where I go first if I can. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what it has to do with is the resources of how we're set up and how we prioritize what we're going to prioritize. So the whole thing with the key, I mean, man, it was a problem and that should have been a red flag but on your me, end. Exactly. And that's, some, those are the things where it's like nice for what I feel like that was where some niceness came mm -hmm. in. I'm like, okay, I understand you going through this, but from a, a business standpoint, yeah, I need my key. These things are going to happen. Right. And so if we're not able to accommodate or find a arrangement for this. And I know that I may be taking clientele on holidays, then we're not going to be able to enter this agreement with one another. Absolutely. And I think there's just, I think it's just so interesting how, um, a lot of businesses, just small businesses in general, but specifically, um, you know, in the, the black communities, we were missing some fundamental pieces mm -hmm. in terms of like even setting prices for market. Like I seen um, it was like a meme and I understood the gist of where it was coming from. Uh, it was a post on Instagram that said, like, don't lower your prices for anyone like 
You know, just basically mm-hmm. saying, like, if they can't afford you, you know, they, they don't go into Gucci asking for a discount. Mm-hmm. Which is true to a certain extent, I think however. I think we need to start mm-hmm. telling the full truth about mm-hmm. that because I think a lot of us are in the appropriate market mm-hmm. with the correct pricing mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. So um, when we start to think about that and we want to add financial literacy to these things and talk about uplifting the black community, we can't be charging these ridiculous prices where we're not able to quantify mm-hmm. or qualify them. Yeah. And your target market don't match who you trying to get to buy. Because exactly. you know what? I go into every store and ask if they have sales going on. Because right. I'm a thrifty shopper. Right. I don't, I'm not somebody that goes by the brand. Mm-hmm. But what I do expect is a, a respectable customer and client experience for you to go above and beyond for your clientele. Mm-hmm. And I do understand that a part of business and market is that it is going to fluctuate. Mm-hmm. So during prom season, usually yes. there's some discounts that come. Yes. And that's you changing your prices. Yes. So I think, you know, it's one thing if people are asking for the family and friend hookup. But that goes back to how we view business as a black community in the mm-hmm. first place. We don't have value set up mm-hmm. in the appropriate way. So, of course, somebody's going to extend and offer you something. They're going to feel comfortable going into the Gucci store paying full price for it because we haven't created or we're still in the process of. Because there's a lot of great, you know, brands and entrepreneurs out there that are doing amazing work to build a brand that is financially conscious for their consumers, but also uh, placing value on the work and that they do add. But it, we we keep getting caught up. You know, if I'm writing you about a quote for something, you should be able to give me a quote for a baseline. Right. Don't ask me what my budget is. Even if you ask me what my budget is, <laughs> don't ask me. I, what I think my you should is. have a structure before you get there. Because I'm gonna tell you next to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think you know for some businesses asking what the budget is makes sense, and for others yeah. it doesn't. Like if you if you making clothes, that might that might factor in somewhere. But you should also have a baseline of this is how much something is going yeah. to be. You know, we add these features. This is typically what it is. You can provide ranges to people. But again, I think that's a part of the business. We have a lot of people who are talented and gifted in things, but they're not business minded. Oh, yeah. We're not investing in, in business. And that's something that that's, a, that's on my bent list is like, and myself included, I need to do a better job of going to conferences. If you're a photographer and you charge in ridiculous prices, show me how you're building your craft. Because I'm going to ask and think about how you're quantifying this experience to be this much money, mm-hmm. especially when I know I could go over here and it's still a black owned business over here mm-hmm. and it's not that much money. Mm-hmm. And then I hear you complaining about people not wanting to pay and all these things. It's maybe you ain't got the right market. Yeah. With my situation, I just feel like I try to live my life. Like I try to treat people how I want to be treated. Like I don't take shit from nobody that don't belong to me. Whatever's for me, it's not gonna miss me. It's for yeah. me. Everybody. So don't live I think that I was I was really really affected by that because mm. I don't live my life that way, you yeah. know. And I just I can't picture myself taking anything from somebody else that does not belong to me. Yeah. And I think the you know the the sad part is is she probably don't even look at the situation the same. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think that that's where that entitlement can come mm-hmm. in. And, you know, I'm a shop owner and that power, mm-hmm. you know, that power structure and the perspective, the perspective of power um, and how that's used to not truly uplift, even though your words saying you mm-hmm. want to uplift. I watch a lot of people do that. But that power, people don't understand. Now, if I was a different type of person and I wasn't working on me, you got to watch who you slinging, where you slinging your weight at because I could not give a a crap about you being pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I would take that as purely you taking money out of my pocket Mm -hmm. as disrespect and pop you in your mouth. (laughs) Straight up. But that was that was a ghetto and godly moment to where I had to choose to walk away, take that L, mm-hmm. turn that shit into a lesson, mm-hmm. and move on. You needed that money more than I needed it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And I think that's the hard balance of how do you stand up for yourself in that yeah. situation? Do you take the L and lesson learned? Do you run up on it? You know what I mean? I'm, like I'm still battling. Like yeah. honestly, that's I'm a continual still thing. battling. Sean said we can go up there, babe. If she don't pay your money. But I can't walk away. Like, there's, I can't see this lady. Right. <laughs> and she tell me to my face, you don't got my money now. That's, that's going to be the real, the real test. So yeah. I'd rather just not. I'm just going to wash my hands of it mm. and give it to God. Yeah. She got to deal with that, that karma. Mm. So there it is. Yeah, it's amazing, too, like, perspectives. <laughs> she thought she was probably doing something nice from the beginning and didn't let things out. Ciao. 
Let me tell you, that lady's still looking to rent that room, okay? Ain't nobody fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> what else on your event list, Mimi? So, I don't know if anybody has seen that video with Chiquisha Clemens don't in the know. Waffle they House. They don't catch everybody yet. I've seen it. So, you probably can tell it better than me, because I just... No, nah, don't do okay. that. This your vent <laughs> session. I have different vent topics. This okay, your vent so session. So you tell it from your perspective. The video was of Chakisha Clemens after a night at the club, I'm guessing, um, was at the Waffle House in Alabama. She asked for cutlery. The man, the lady that was working in the Waffle House mm-hmm. tried to charge her 50 cents for the cutlery. Didn't they, I think they deny her first. I think they told her like, no, nah, and then they tried to charge her. It was something, yeah. Her. Okay. Then she asked to speak to a manager. After she asked to speak to a manager, the, the um, Waffle House worker called the police on her. Um, the video demonstrates the police um, just being so forceful, like with her uh, putting her on the ground, saying they're gonna break her arm, pulling her dress down. She was exposed. Mm. That video is crazy. Just, it's sickening. That's a it, sickening it's video. Very, first of all, the police officer is missing a whole tooth, okay? <laughs> How you gonna police me and yo? Why you come in his dental plan? <laughs> your whole tooth is missing in the front, sir. Your big tooth. <laughs> so um, this made me vent. So I'm gonna be quiet. <laughs> it's just sickening. It's just sexual assault. Just why are y'all pulling her dress down? And why did you not call a female officer? It's just mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what to do. I'm I'm I don't know if any of you guys have answers. Like we can. I know they've been trying to protest and that led to a whole nother But I think it comes from the idea of, again, like the niceness of a black woman Mm. and nice for what? Like, why did she have to ask if she, why did she have to ask for the cutlery? Right. Right. And you charging who for cutlery? I've been in Waffle House many times. Right. Girl, I would have snatched that cutlery up. And that's the thing is like how, because the part of the question is, you know, in terms of us looking at the situation, I know a lot of times when things like this happen, people are like, well, what could she have done differently? I'm still waiting. She wasn't forceful. She just said you're not. But they didn't perceive her to be nice. They didn't perceive her to make them comfortable. And that was where the problem started. We're going to make you uncomfortable just by and the that's tone the of that's our skin. and that's and that's you know in a lot of spaces that's what's so frustrating mm-hmm. is because I don't know how I can say this and I'm conditioned to think about not going there with you even when you go in there with me. Right. I'm always supposed to you know aim high. You know Michelle, Auntie Michelle. Mm-hmm. You know she she gave us the word, but why? Like it's still frustrating. No. I'm a very genuinely positive and naturally positive person, but I really think that I'm in this phase where it's like, for what? For what? I'm just in a for space what? Like, what was she supposed to be nice for? She yeah. needed something. She asked for mm-hmm. what she needed, and you, she was assaulted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how could she have? Were, were we looking for her to say it a different way? Right. I don't know. Like, I, I don't have the answers. It's just frustration at this point. I'm trying to. Because most of the answers are. Not, it has to do with bias, mm-hmm. both conscious and unconscious. Mm-hmm. Because we a lot of also talk about a lot of unconscious bias of like, oh, well, people that aren't are forward thinking. They're not specifically thinking that this is what it is. It's just kind of these other other cues that they're getting. No, a lot of people out here with conscious bias placed in positions of power mm-hmm. and they choose, they are choosing to suppress and oppress. Mm-hmm. And I think we're not honest about what is going on here. So it's easy to say, well, she could have or she should have. But at the end of the day, she was advocating for herself. And that's a threat to a lot of yeah. people, especially coming from how she looked and mm-hmm. how she was perceived mm-hmm. is, is that's a problem. Right. And that's frustrating it because is. it's not happening only in our, not only going to a restaurant. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. The people in that position at their job. Yeah. In their own household. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know if this works for everybody, but I'm just seeing these things replay over and over again. And then what's going on in my own life or what has gone on in my own life. I'm in a space to where I can't go high. When you go low, I'm sorry. I'm gonna give you the same energy you give me, mm. and wherever that gets me, I have to deal with that. Yeah. But I'm 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 tired. Mm. I'm tired of being nice. Same energy. Mm. Period. And I think that's that goes to the whole idea of the you know the practice of emotional and 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 mental health is what is that balance? Because I get a lot of messages that. I enjoy how I live to live. I enjoy 
living in joy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a, a conscious effort mm-hmm. and decision and proactive nature to try to do that. And what I think though, over the last few months, I've been battling with that. Yeah. Of what is to what extent? Mm-hmm. To what extent do I have to not be a bitch? To make you comfortable to say but what the hell you... But is it being a bitch, Yeah, though? like, but but I think to be perceived as a bitch or to okay. be perceived as nagging or to be just perceived as disruptive mm. because I, what if I'm just saying how I truly feel and you're that's not enough for you? Sometimes you have to be disruptive, though. Sometimes yeah. you got to shake and poke the motherfucking bear in order for some people to understand because you don't understand nice. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't under, you don't comprehend that. So let me stoop to this level... <laughs> And show you. And then it's like, but it, and, and then it's like thinking about is that compromising myself to stoop to this level? Because mm-hmm. I also feel like a part of this is is myself mm-hmm. that I don't get to act on so much because I have all these other subconscious and conscious bias about how I'm going to proceed. I have bias about how I'm going to be perceived. Mm-hmm. And that's why in certain spaces I don't feel free, even if I can choose to be free. In some of those situations, I cannot because of how systems work mm-hmm. and how power complexes work and how p- oppression and suppression work. But in in those spaces where I do have the ability to be free, I worry sometimes that I'm talking myself out of my freedom. Mm-hmm. Because of how I feel I'll be perceived. And a lot of spaces, I don't even try to react how I want to authentically react because I've been fearful of so many years that that's going to have X, Y, Z as consequences. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'll be misunderstood. And I feel like I'll be put over here and I I won't be able to advance. And that's where I'm, I'm really in a bitter state. Mm -hmm. I think, I think, no, right now I would say last Two months ago, I was probably in a bitter state. I think right now I'm in a bittersweet state. Hmm. And that's how I, I view where I am in life right now is that when I see things like this, when I see things like these videos and these people, because these are people in these videos, hmm. and I watch, uh, there's a documentary that HBO came out called I Am Evidence, and it's about all the rape kits across the United States that have not been tested. Wow. It's like, y'all need to watch it, and you wow. need to process it, and you need to talk to people about it. Um, but there's so many things happening on so many levels. Even just dealing with the, you know, you know Bill Cosby <laughs> verdict. Because I have a lot of mixed feelings about yeah. that as a woman and as a black woman, woman. Yes. because I believe you did it. Mm-hmm. And I believe you need to be held accountable for it. But I also believe that you've created a lot of opportunities for black folks. But that's also been through the lens of the lens that you live your life. So I have to be aware of these things. And I can appreciate your work but not agree with your personal behaviors and mm-hmm. decisions. But I also can say that I'm, I want that to be held accountable. And then you also have to look at other people that have not been found guilty that are exactly. in positions of power and exactly. have only lost their jobs exactly like and are still rich as fuck and <laughs> exactly. you know what power because even i was uh i, I was reading uh, a bit about the interview i didn't see the actual interview but i was reading an article on the interview uh that khalise did mm, about, about nas and in uh, that abuse and that relationship i have mixed feelings about that too and i see so what are your mixed <laughs> so i don't have mixed feelings about that situation mm-hmm. i think it's just um, I have broader feelings about the experience of the abused, um, whether you know they're sub- we want they would prefer to be called victims or survivors. That is, up, you know, up to their discretion, and the abusers. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what she said was very real about, you know, back when Chris Brown and Rihanna thing went down. She wanted to she, double that. She wanted to to jump in, but she mm-hmm. couldn't because I think think about all the times where we may have an opportunity and we're not ready. Mm-hmm. I think there is something so so brilliantly honest about that experience that we need to focus on more mm-hmm. is how we shame people for taking so long but we ourselves have these different perspectives and these different experiences where an opportunity presents itself and we're not ready so we run away from it mm-hmm. or we just sit there mm-hmm. sometimes we're not running and so when i can apply my life i you know though i have not been through that circumstance i can understand that as a woman in my experience there's been a lot of things that i haven't been ready to say mm-hmm. yeah when i could have said them yeah and that could have helped somebody else but again, that's a lot of pressure to have that weight to say. I think that's one of the most honest things you can say is like, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I have mixed feelings because I love hip hop. I love music, but 
you know, I listen to a lot of hip hop. I listen to Nas. So for me to I guess, see the fullness see, of his person, his yeah, humanity. It's just like, bruh, Illmatic though, he was mm. doing that. Like, mm. so it's just. And that's the thing is like, it's not. It's not outlandish. Mm -hmm. I think that's always the crazy part is like, it's not outlandish most of the time. Mm -hmm. These sayings, when we really listen to the message that these creators have been creating and the things that they have supported, most of the time, you know, these accusations are pretty aligned with how that person has chosen to live their life without us, without the perspective of this heroism that we put them or this icon that we've created them to be that is untouchable because most of them have been showing us that they're human. Been showing us their flaws. Been showing us their unhealthy habits. But then it's that thing that I kind of battle with. Like, battle with, like, do we just throw him away? Like, I threw Fabulous in the trash. Like, right. he's gone to me. But, like, Nas, like, how, like, I listen. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, your music has taught me so much. Mm-hmm. So do I just throw that away? Or do I separate that? And why, I guess this is me playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Why now, Khalees? Mm-hmm. Like, not to say that, yeah. you know, you're never supposed to or you should have spoken up before, but, like, why now? Is it because, like, do you have ulterior motives? And not to discount, like, what's mm-hmm. happened to you, but you got an album coming out. Like, why are you talking to Vlad TV right now? Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't sit down with Ayamla. You right. sat down with Vlad. Yeah. So, what? what are you looking? Are you just looking to get your voice out there? And, and I think that's just, a, that could be it. Because maybe it does have to do with that. Mm-hmm. But is that wrong? It's not wrong. If she's ready, is that wrong? It's not wrong. And I think that's the that's the idea of, okay, she didn't sit down with Ayanla because maybe she's been healing in her own ways and maybe she just needed to say it out loud so that we were all aware of what was going on. Hmm. Or maybe it wasn't about any of us. Maybe it was just about her. Hmm. And I think that's where, you know, I think in a lot of ways, hip-hop, hip-hop culture... Christianity, there's a lot of things that cause it a conflict mm-hmm. with who I'm supposed to be, the messages I've been raised that I am supposed to be, and what this is all supposed to mean, and what this type of disruption from that perfect picture, mm-hmm. what that does. Mm-hmm. Because I was okay when you was, I was okay here in Elmatic when, when I thought it wasn't you. Right. But why was I okay with it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think those are the things that, like, life is just not simple in a lot of ways. Like, it's simply complex. It's like a big oxymoron of, like, now, we, okay, now here's another layer. Okay, here's another spin. And where I think we're taught to question, which I think is good. I don't think, I don't think shame is good. I don't believe in shame. But if none of us asked, why now? Mm-hmm. That would be weird to me. Yeah. Because I think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions about a lot of things. Yeah. And why not? Why not now? Why not then? Why why not with that last? I, I want to know, and not just because it's gonna shut you up or it's going to invalidate your experience, but what oh, is I your what that. is your healing process yeah. with this? Yeah. And how have you got to the space where you are comfortable to to come out before he drops an album? That's right. a big step, right? In which you weren't able to do right. that before. Yeah. No. So I think it's it's I don't know. I think it's very. And even just the idea that when we're supposed to, when we encounter this pain and we are, not encounter, when this pain is put on us upon by other abusers um, and manipulators, like how are we, we're just supposed but to. But there's also two sides to a story. There is. So not to say, no, nah, you weren't abused, but like, I, w- I would like to hear from Nas. Mm. What, what is your perspective on this? Because mm. she's saying that you beat her up. Mm. And. She was battered and bruised. So what? What happened, bro? I want to know. Like, I feel like he needs to defend to himself. Say or do you feel like he needs to defend himself or provide his perspective? Provide his perspective. Let me be clear. Provide his perspective. I need. I don't need to know, but I want to know. Can we be nosy? Okay. All right. That would be a good. <laughs> I think it's always interesting that, not to say that the you know the, the abuse or the accuse needs to have a platform and space, but I do sometimes wonder if it will help us dismantle the oppression and dismantle that, those fear tactics and, you know, the issues 
if we provide a platform, whether it's a public, I don't necessarily think it needs to be public in most cases, where the, you know that person can benefit from fame through mm-hmm. telling that, but um, just to really talk about what got you to that space, like what makes you feel comfortable to, to put your hands on a woman? Yeah, that's where did you learn that from? That's the real. That's the million. What did, and then what are you open to? You know, communicating or relating in other ways. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot may tell you where they got it from, but they ain't open to doing nothing different. Right. right. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, again, we're, we're human, so the humanity is complex and it is simple mm-hmm. at the same damn time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you want to, I'm always interested to, to kind of, just because I'm nosy and because I like to study <laughs> people, but like, what does that encounter look like? Mm-hmm. What would Nas, you know, because to respect her platform, what can he say? Mm-hmm. What sh- what should we? There goes the S word. What should he say? Mm-hmm. How can he provide her perspective without denying her, her space, and think, her experience? Yeah, I think it would be. Or is it just nice for him to not say anything? I don't think it's nice for him not to say. Anything. I think he should say something. Mm-hmm. I feel like he owes that to people like me mm-hmm. that listen to you when I, you know, I'm a fan of right. of your work. So we need to know. Mm-hmm. You need to say something, or else you're gonna be over there with that. Yeah. What else you got on your list? What you got on your list? I want to talk about Kanye West because I see that on your list, but that is definitely on my list. You know, that's. (laughs) I just think I'm in a very interesting space with black men right now. Mm. And I think this is probably the most difficult space I've been in with black men mm. in a long time. Because I think I was talking to my best friend about it earlier today a bit. And, um, you know, she was encouraging me to not be on the, you know, niggas ain't shit bandwagon. Kind of, you know, opening up that space for it to be an experience. And for us to, you know, have situations where, okay, that one person might not have been shit in the situation. But as a whole, we should, you know, if we're expect, you know, the whole idea of manifestation, if I have that idea and I carry that niggas ain't shit on me all the time, that mm-hmm. that is probably what I'm going to receive. Right, right. And so that's very valid. And I appreciate her for challenging me in this difficult space that I am to kind of see beyond that. But. <laughs> There's a but coming. Yeah, the, the, and I think it's not a but, it's an and because mm-hmm. I'm learning how to, to navigate that. Mm-hmm. And I'm also struggling. I'm struggling based off of the, you know, I, I see there are great, I, and this is to never say that I don't see any great black men because I do. I see them, I, I celebrate them, I appreciate them. But I think as a whole, we, um, we are struggling, and I do think that is accredited to how we as mothers are raising our black sons and we are as fathers are raising our black sons and how we're also raising our black daughters. I was having this conversation with, um, you know, my family, they, my friends, but you're not friends, they're mm-hmm. family. Uh, when I went home last week about how I'm really in this space and I've been thinking a lot about this, that, um, you know, traditionally in the most generalized sense, black women and black men are not set up and socialized to be with one another. Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of spaces, there are exceptions, of course, but I think in a general sense, when I talk to my friends, it's really like, we're not taught, we have to unlearn a lot of stuff for yeah. us to get be able we to get into a space. We were yeah, like time. we have to unlearn a lot of how we're taught because, um, you know, I was talking to, you know, like one of the couples I look up to that's a younger couple and, you know, he was like, you know, a lot of how I was raised was you're a you're a black man and how a lot about how I was talked to was like, you're a black man. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you, you a black man. Mm-hmm. And so he's married this black queen and, and she's very detail oriented. She's like, well, you know, let's do some research. Let's figure out how to, you know, do this. And I think we put black men in a lot of spaces to just make decisions without quantifying them or qualifying them mm-hmm. because we use it. So on the spot, we need you to, we need you to, to be strong. We need mm-hmm. you to make we need you to be a man. Mm-hmm. And, so where is the emotion availability? Where is the mental mental support for them to to struggle, to go through things, to figure out, to navigate, to be resourceful? And I think a lot there's a, a, a large value that is able to do that and able to along the way. But I think generally how we are raising one another is not to be to collaborate in that way. Mm. And that scares me because I'm wondering also how much of the unlearning is happening. And okay, if the unlearning is happening, but where's the relearning? Yeah. 
where the and, and understanding that marriage is not gonna look the same way it did. Not at all. And marriage don't look the same across culture sometimes, across country mm-hmm. sometimes. So if we have all these other influences, all these other spaces, like how are we one continuing to try to to uphold this one value, this one example of this? And two, if we're not talking about how, what things mean to one another, we're going to constantly be a misunderstanding mm-hmm. and constantly just giving up on each other. I don't, you know, at this point in my life, I don't believe like there's this romantic person, like there's this soulmate that I'm just destined to meet. I believe that God has a partner and is, you know, creating and developing that partner and myself to come to a space where we choose one another consistently and honor that commitment. Mm -hmm. And so I think that could have been somebody I've already dated, somebody I've already known, could be somebody I never thought of, never met. But it's about the honoring part. It's not about these romance, yeah. the fantasy yeah. part. Yeah. And so if we're not equipped to be able to communicate with one another, to be able to love, to be able to partner with one another, because I'm still sticking to my socialization of, you know, I'm supposed to be this way and you're just supposed to just come on in and mm-hmm. you're going to be that way. And no, it's Mm-mm. not going to work. That's Mm-mm. not enough. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So that's another thing I've been really frustrated about. I mean, if we're talking about Kanye, um, I don't know if we can blame that on how we are raising black men. Maybe the narrative would be a little bit different if mm. Donda was still here. Mm. I feel like that's when the decline yeah, started to happen. There was a an Instagram post that Snoop posted. And oh, said, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Where it was like, yo, choosing your wife. Yeah, it says... Um, the evolution of Jay-Z and Kanye shows you how influential your wife can be on your life. And that's so real. Mm. Because a lot of times these men, these women aren't raising these black men. So here you, you know, come along and you, you know, fall in love or whatever and decide to build a life with this, this man that didn't necessarily receive the nurturing and the upbringing that he should have received, but mm-hmm. and that he that he was due that he was due, and here you you know it's up to you at that point. Like, am I gonna mm. build him up? You gonna raise a man? Not necessarily. Oh, what was that, K. Michelle? <laughs> that used to be my <laughs> jam. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to turn that off. I, I think it's just you know just a little bit of nurturing, a little bit of nurturing pouring into your your man and him pouring into you. As and well. I think that and I think it has to go both ways, but I also think that because. Some sometimes we can have some hard miss as women, just mm-hmm. in general through the things that we've gone. Is I always wonder, and I know I don't generally look at things tip for tap, but I am starting to be uh, to learn reciprocity, and mm. the I'm starting to value that in a lot of ways. That doesn't that is that removes the shame from it. Mm. And so when I look at that, it's like I see a lot of women pouring into men. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've exactly seen on that same large scale men pouring into women or that being even an expectation. And maybe it is, and Mm -hmm. I'm just not seeing it because how I've been, you know, how my perspective has been developed to not see it maybe Mm -hmm. or not value certain things. So I always have to be aware of that too. But it just makes me wonder. It definitely should go both ways or else this person is growing. And, and it's not going to work anymore. And you're stagnant over here because you're giving everything to him and no one's pouring into you. So that's not going to work. That's self-destruction. Um, so you feel like that's what's like going on with Kanye? What do you feel like? is Honestly, what do you feel like is I, going on with him? I mean, I don't know. We, this has been an ongoing joke, but mm-hmm. I think he's really like, get out. Like He's in a sunken he's place. He's definitely in a sunken place. And I feel like he's not the only one. Like, we have mm-hmm. to look at, I think it's, the industry. I think mm. if you allow this industry to consume you, yeah. Did is... you see that um that Dave Chappelle was that yeah, interview years yeah. ago? Yeah, uh, years ago. He said it's not. It's not a coincidence. It's not the. And he was almost saying like it's not the person. It's it's the environment. Exactly. And I think for the most part, again, people are prepared with different tools to navigate different things, and people also have different form platforms of of uh, fame because yeah. of those connected yeah. things mm-hmm. and some people are more open to me like okay I'll, I'll participate in this and then kind of go on away mm-hmm. um but I, I do i think for a while kanye has highlighted how evolution can take place in a way that 
is disconnected from how that person started originally. So like, um, I don't, I'm not comfortable saying like a sellout. I'm not, but I feel like in the beginning of his career, he provided us with a lot of insight mm -hmm. that has all of a sudden became his reality. Mm. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So when you think about video and you think about have one, having Stacy dash in the video, I seen the meme, like we just got to throw this whole shit out. <laughs> but when you think about the stuff he said, that's one of my favorite songs. Like, when you think about what he's saying in that song and then to see him marry a Kardashian, it's just like, Bruh. and that's not about no black, white, like that's about pure, like, let's just look down to the lyrics of what you told us. And again, people evolve, people, people evolve. I'm not going to say grow because I don't know if that is applicable in this change, but people do fluctuate. Mm. Um, and we learn different lessons at different times. And so, I just wonder if he has the tools. I, I don't believe that he has in the tools and resources to really get what he needs. He and outside of money, outside of you paying to have somebody go fix your problem, I think from a mental and emotional space, yeah. he is lacking mm -hmm. certain things that either what you what that was in the beginning. Because I think, you know, again, people shift and people grow. Mm -hmm. But I think we've seen a, a, this is a totally different person. It definitely is. And I think that's different. I think it's different if we would say, okay, kind of, he don't fool with that. You know, I feel like we watch other celebrities kind of just mm. kind of move and mm. shake and we might know him for this and it might be slightly different now or they might really endorse one thing versus mm. the other. But like with him, like I'm hearing you talk about these things are so important to the black community. And then all of a sudden, like... <laughs> I feel like he drank his own Kool-Aid and got drunk. Mm. on it like you continue to sip your own like and mm. then people around you were gassing you and mm -hmm. you were gassing yourself mm -hmm. and then it's just now this monster like what the fuck and it really like is? to me when i see like his tweets it really is just it looks like a cry for help to me like from somebody who don't know how to ask for help you know how, like you mm -hmm. had that one family member that just do crazy shit and sometimes you'd be like is this really your way of asking for help? Because you don't know how to you don't know how to be in that space of vulnerability. Right. right. Because when you think about it, like because you've married the Kardashian, because you live this lifestyle that is so separate from, is so not separate from, so intimate with the the lyrics and the the insight that you provided at the beginning of your career. Maybe it wouldn't make you don't know how to ask for help. Or are you? I've also asked myself: Are you trolling us? Right. Like, you can't be serious, bruh. <laughs> the Make America Great Again hat, like, in your outfit. Like, I can't. Are you looking for attention? Like, you're a I think, and that's, what, and that's what becomes hard is because I, I do want to be respectful of your human experience. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to be nice, Kanye. This don't make no sense. Yeah. So we're going to need to get down to what is your truth? Mm -hmm. uh, whatever your truth is, whether I agree with it or not, I want you to live that. And I just don't know if this is your truth, but also know that your truth comes with consequences yeah. and living that comes with yeah, other stuff. Yeah. And so I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, he's a genius and he's sitting here endorsing Trump. I'm not going, mm -mm. mm -mm. you can have your beliefs, but that part's not going to come out of mm -mm. my mouth because mm -mm. I don't need to be nice in that way. Right. I don't agree with, I don't agree with what you're doing. But I also do, I'm compassionate enough to know, want you to be able to navigate whatever it is that you need to yeah. navigate. Because to me, it looks like you need some help. Yeah, I feel like it's, this is not going to But again, I don't live in that industry. I'm not a part of that, that, you know, space. And so that could be, again, just another fold. But where I stand today is I'm going to need you to go. <laughs> I'm going to need you to go gather. <laughs> Yourself. And I just wanted, like, I know I remember seeing Chance the Rapper kind of stand up and say something, and he since apologized, but it's like, which of the people closest to you reflect? <laughs> because to me, like, the people closest to me reflect me hmm. in different pieces, not as a whole. They're still separate. I'm still something else added on to that, but I do honestly believe that people are a reflection of you. I mean, if we look in there, who's around him? I mean, just judging off of the video that they put out with everybody mm -hmm. bobbing to the beat off beat. I can't <laughs> trust nobody in the room. Period. He said bobbing to the beat off beat. Off beat. Like, who, who's, including John Legend. Like, bruh. <laughs> John, where Chris is? Where she at? 
girl to come get you. She's the realest nigga in the room. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, for real. Call her. Yeah, we're just going to pray for Kanye. I really so. hope that he, um, you know, whatever. If this is his truth that he's finally able to unveil, then I'm happy you live in that. I don't agree with that. I think your your platform has a lot of power to influence a lot of people. And what you're doing with that right now seems to be wasteful. It's disappointing. It is disappointing. But if that's you, shit, I've been waiting to figure out who the hell is Kanye. Yeah. Because that's what I want us all to do is figure who the hell. And I think I'm reading um, one of the gifts I got for my birthday is Charlemagne's book, which mm, I'm loving. Yes. Black Privilege so Black far. Privilege. Because it just talks so much about just living authentically. I love And just being like, uncle, and I don't agree with, I damn near don't agree with most of the things Charlemagne says, but I do respect him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do. And it's like, Kanye, I'm having a conflict. I don't respect you. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just not thinking that this is genuine. You're not giving me genuine vibes. Like, I know when somebody interviews with Charlamagne, he gonna act a fool. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, or act a fool as according to what he's gonna ask you to. Mm-hmm. And not even act a fool. I have to be careful he's in, gonna in the be words. Very he's gonna ask you the same things that he would mm-hmm. ask to just them, you know, DJ Envy and mm-hmm. Angela Yee in a private room. Mm-hmm. That same little side conversation is gonna come to you directly. Right. And I, one thing I appreciate is like, he understands his business and understanding what his the viewers wanna hear. And that's mm-hmm. what he's always going yeah. to uplift. Yes. And I was really like, if y'all haven't read Black Privilege, that's even if you don't book. agree what he's saying, I like I think read that's a book. really good. We don't have to do a, a ghetto and godly book club. Yes, brunch that on that has book. to be one of them. That has to yeah. be one of them. I, okay. Yeah. Writing it down. Cool. 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 Um, but even just getting back to that, like reading about his life and his story and how he became a radio DJ mm-hmm. on one of the biggest platforms, syndicated shows mm-hmm. worldwide is just like crazy. That's a real like nothing to something from the mud as story. You can't right, nothing like, respect you can't. on the platform that he has and he got there by being him and the nigga was fired four <laughs> fucking times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like that book inspired me just to continue to be you. Yeah, because he talks about the ratchet and righteous and then that's yes. just so aligned with the ghetto yeah, and godly. Yes. Because I think, you know, that's been one thing that's really been able to, I've been able to, you know, in that bittersweet space that I'm in, really be able to value I want to learn more about black male perspectives I need to talk mm. to I, I have a lot of black female friends and I understand that that also is, does shape my perspective and mm. it affirms things that may also not be fully the truth or fully the scope and so I want to always be aware of that and I think reading his book helped me realize mm. that like everything this is how you're thinking about this solity mm-hmm. and even right or wrong aside like See what other people are thinking yeah. about this. And maybe your ass won't be better. <laughs> you are not better. <laughs> we are not going to claim that. <laughs> what else are we venting about? Mm, I don't know what you got. I think that we just vented a lot. I feel like, I feel lifted. Like, yeah. I feel a little lighter. Mm-hmm. You know? I do feel a little lighter. Yeah. I think, I think one thing I want to vent about in closing is that it's okay to vent. I think it's okay for us to have those safe spaces where we just say, like, fuck this. Like, I don't (laughs) like this. I don't like this. It don't sit well with me. I don't have to positively position this. I'm not, I'm not here for this. And embracing all the ghetto and godliness of that proclamation. Like, no. Mm -hmm. This don't make sense. Right. I I may feel like, you know, Nice for what? Nice Do you see me? What? I'm out here doing things. Right. Yeah. You gonna come on too? Because that's what I, I really don't want to be in this night. I don't want to have to do that, but sometimes I need to make space for it. And so I think venting for those, my last vent, you know, will be here is to be, you know, vent at those people who don't allow those spaces mm. for you to just be upset, to be annoyed. I don't think that they need to be continual because that is, again, my part but like you should be able to talk to your sister circle you should be able to go into spaces and be like i don't get this this don't make sense mm-hmm. and of course be held accountable and hopefully grow from that experience eventually but also protect that space of saying this ain't it for me yeah. i don't like this this ain't working i don't agree with that that's bullshit no mm-hmm. it's a no for me mm-hmm. and really being able to say that and release it I think that's a part of it too. Mm-hmm. Is like don't say it and just be still be Sitting carrying on it. it. Yeah. Just like 
yeah. release that. Yeah. So I'm opposed to child for that. I can tell somebody about themselves, and then we good. Like I just <laughs> told you. Hopefully you received it, and you hungry? You hungry? <laughs> you want something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do thank y'all for tuning in. I think this was a good kind of episode to transition us back to you know yeah. our ghetto and godly space, and I think that's you know. Um, you know, one last commitment Mimi and I will make. Um, I'm gonna tell her she's gonna make this before she actually agrees to it. <laughs> but that's a part of how I work, so you know. Um, she can vent about that on another episode. Right. Uh, but just really being in the space to, I wanna, I want you guys to learn more about us mm-hmm. uh, and kind of what we're going through in a very honest and authentic way. Um, and I know that that requires Mimi and I to grow a lot um, mm-hmm. and to really trust the experience and trust the process that, you know, that's what you as listeners need and I think that Charlemagne's book has helped me like you all need to see us live yeah. authentically yeah. like through through the gutter and, and you yeah. know you know even J. Cole I was listening to his new album mm. and him saying like heaven is a is a mindset yes. like that part like that yes. lyric says with me so much because it is a mindset but so is hell mm-hmm. like you know so I have to think about that as I want to show you my heaven hell and in between mm-hmm. and I think with ghetto and godly that's something that we have the power to do uh, and I think Mimi and I can both do a better job of doing that so hold us accountable if there's anything you want to know you see we like oh y'all ain't doing this okay. say something so we can be held accountable in that process of you know being in this space fully yeah. um, I think in a lot of ways we see it as a lifestyle but we need to really live that thoroughly yes. so Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.